Hey, this is Brent Leary, and I am. St I know you guys probably get tired of me saying I'm still in Vegas, but I literally am still in Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> the seventh time this year already I've been in Vegas. Like, I almost feel like I can't get away from it. But uh, it's Pega, Pega World 2019, and Sam Charrington. I, I think I met you either last Pega World or last the one year. before. This that. is my yeah. second. Second. All right, so it was definitely last year. And it's a pleasure to meet you. Let me introduce you. You're a founding and principal analyst for CloudPulse, but I think probably most people know you from This Week in Machine Learning and AI, right? That's right. It's a podcast I started three years ago. First of all, that's right. I think I just saw you just had your three-year anniversary. Yeah, yeah, I think we announced it last week. Uh, three years and five million downloads. Okay, man. That's, <laughs> congratulations on both counts. Thank so you. That's Thank awesome. You. And so you were you were actually kind of early because I remember uh, I'm in the CRM space and it was I think it was the Dreamforce of 2016 where Salesforce announced Einstein and uh -huh. and that kind of put AI on the map from uh, like a CRM standpoint and, okay. and they kind of expanded and because <clears throat> you know Mark Benioff what he says a lot of people listen to. It, it, you could start seeing AI take off, but you were a little ahead of that, so that's really cool. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. What, what's your background in? Was it in some kind of uh, machine learning, data science, or anything like that? Uh, no, so I've been uh, an independent industry analyst for, uh, for about eight years now. Um, and in fact, when I started my firm, uh, kind of the initial idea or kind of thesis was that, um, with you know cloud coming online and, and big data technologies, it was just clear that enterprises would need to uh, do more smarter, intelligent things with their data in order to fully capture its value. And so I started uh, following some of the activity in machine learning uh, and, and AI then, and it was super early then. Mm -hmm. um, one of the first articles I wrote about was about uh, how uh, a set of tools that were coming online to help enterprises do machine learning at the time. Most of those companies aren't still around, um, but uh, you know, seven years later, wow. the space is really blossoming. So we've been here you know, the last day and a half, two days or so, and you know, Pega got started pretty early talking about automation or, or robotics automation mm -hmm. and AI. So what have been your impressions of some of the things that have come out, some of the main themes that have come out of the conference so far? Uh, so yeah, today was the uh, the keynote that I was looking forward to. Uh, Rob Walker was um, unveiling some of the company's work on uh, AI and empathy, mm -hmm. uh, which is kind of interesting. He was on my show uh, not too long ago talking about some of the things that they were thinking in the space, and it is starting down the path of productization. I think they said it will be out uh, later in the year. Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> but uh, it's, uh, you know, it's an interesting idea. The, the idea is um, that they want to allow companies to trade off uh, kind of explicitly, you know, via like a slider or a dial or yeah. something between uh, offers that, uh, you know, really take into account the, the context of a customer and what the customer's intent is and the, what the customer's need is versus, you know, the company's motivation, the profit motive. Um, and I think it's, I don't know that a lot of 
companies are thinking explicitly about right. like, okay, th there are some offers that are, you know, they're good for us and there are other offers that are, you know, good for the company or ill time or rather for the customer or ill time for the customer. <coughs> and these are things that we should be, you know, this is a decision spectrum that we should manage. So I think just um, starting that conversation will be uh, a big deal for a lot of companies. You know, you hear about AI, you hear about machine learning, you hear about deep learning. What is the biggest misconception about this area that just drives you crazy every time you hear it? Mm. Um, <clears throat> that's a good question. <laughs> uh, I mean, I think that there, you know, I think generally the thing that drives me crazy is is just you know there there are all sorts of statements that kind of give you the impression that the person who's making the statement thinks that AI is magic, <laughs> right? And uh, you know doesn't really you know kind of belies that they don't really understand the the process behind making it all work, mm -hmm. um, and that certainly drives me crazy. I think um, you know in part because it's and it's a dangerous proposition. I think one of the things that was talked about uh, in Rob's talk today was, you know, some of the dangers of AI bias and um, things like that. And if you if you don't understand, you know, that the you know these models that we're putting into um, into use are created by data and they that you know they pick up on biases that are inherent in that data, then um, you know, you probably don't know that that's something that you should be thinking about and um, trying to manage. Right. So you talk to a lot of people in this space and a lot of companies that are implementing AI and machine learning. Are they, do you feel like they're actually ready to take full advantage of this? Or what are the things that they possibly aren't uh, kind of prepared for as they start going down the line with this? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's definitely a spectrum. Um, you know, as it always is, right? There are some companies that are more mature than others. Mm -hmm. One of the things that I'm seeing a lot of and have been speaking a lot about recently is that uh, among large enterprises, uh, a lot of them are kind of in this really interesting place where they spent the last uh, two or three years, you know, maybe five, depending on how early they were, um, you know, doing machine learning and AI proof of concepts, um, building out, um, you know, they're kind of building out their initial data science organizations and experimenting with, you know, building models and the, uh, you know, often the use cases that they'll um, start out with are things like churn prediction or, you know, recommendation systems or things like that. It depends a lot on the industry. Mm -hmm. um, you know, but they've got a handful of these proof of concepts uh, up and running and you know they've been kind of selling within the enterprise uh, and they're all at this place where all of a sudden everyone's bought in like mm -hmm. they've had some interesting early results you know executives are you know reading about it on airplanes you know what's your AI <laughs> strategy and they're seeing these interesting results and they're like okay you know let's get AI in everything mm -hmm. right and uh, most of the the enterprises that I've talked to, you know, aren't really ready to kind of scale that up mm -hmm. um, in that they don't know how. Uh, and understanding, 
you know, how to, to scale that up requires, you know, thinking differently about, you know, your processes, but also your tooling and, and platforms, um, then, you know, just adding on another kind of snowflake project, right? And so this topic of AI platforms is one that we've been covering a lot on the podcast, one that I've been writing a lot about, uh, publishing some eBooks on. Uh, and in fact, we just announced that we're hosting a conference in the fall on the topic. Nice. Where's that going to be? It's going to be in SF, San Francisco. Oh, cool. Yeah. When, when are the dates? Uh, October 1st and 2nd in San Francisco. It's called TwimmelCon AI Platforms. Very cool. TwimmelCon.com. <laughs> there you go. Got to get it all out there, man. Yep, yep. So you've been following us at least through your, your site for a little over three years now. Mm -hmm. What have been some of the biggest changes in, in this space? Not necessarily the perceptions that companies have, but, but just how has it changed in your eyes you've been watching this? Yeah, it's, uh, I mean, there are so many interesting things happening. Um, I think, uh, you know, just compared three years ago to today, three years ago, it was just an idea, mm. right? And you talk to uh, companies about this idea and, you know, they be intrigued, but not really understand what you're talking about. Mm -hmm. uh, nowadays, you know, there's usually someone or some, you know, usually more than one, uh, usually um, uh, a group of, of folks that are, you know, really working on this stuff now. Mm -hmm. uh, so I think in that way, in that sense, it's become real, um, you know, from a, an enterprise perspective. I think from a technology perspective, uh, it's also moving incredibly quickly. Mm -hmm. uh, so, you know, three years, we're starting to have some um, interesting results uh, <coughs> in areas like, you know, the application of deep learning to like computer vision. Mm. And now uh, I was here in Vegas just uh, a few months ago for CES and mm. Every, every other booth at CES, you know, had a camera, was showing bounding boxes around detected objects in a video. Mm. Like the technology to do that kind of thing is really becoming commoditized. Mm -hmm. um, and a lot of what made that interesting is uh, this technique called transfer learning, basically the, the ability to, you know, train a model and then apply it to uh, other types of uh, models or mm -hmm. other data sets. Um, and, uh, you know, recently we've, um, there have been a bunch of uh, developments in, in applying that same idea to natural language processing. So, mm. you know, on all fronts, the space is moving really quickly. All right. So what's been like the most interesting, maybe unique, but also the most successful kind of use case you've seen a company actually implement this and, and see some positive results? Uh, there, there are a ton. I have a slide in one of my presentations that uh, kind of tongue-in-cheek uh, tongue says that, you know, if you want to find an application for AI, just throw a dart at a dartboard, <laughs> right? There are so many. I talked about, um, you know, some of the sales and marketing use cases like, um, you know, term prediction or, you know, recommendations, identifying mm -hmm. next best offer. That's what Peg is all about and right. talks about frequently. Yeah. Um, you know, but, you know, there are applications in logistics, you know, understanding uh, and optimizing um, your supply chain, um, tons, of, tons of applications there, you know, certainly 
you know, for companies that are in industrial sectors. I wrote an ebook on industrial AI a couple of years ago. Um, there are lots of applications in robotics and IoT. Um, you know, the whole idea of digital twin uh, is becoming an interesting one. Uh, basically, you know, for companies that have significant um, kind of industrial assets, you know, whether these are like generators or uh, oil rigs or aircraft engines, a GE aircraft engine has some, you know, several thousand sensors in it, mm -hmm. you know, just a single engine. And so they're collecting a ton of data. And uh, a company like GE is trying to kind of shift their business model from one of, you know, selling this physical asset to selling, you know, engine as a service, yeah. if you will, right? <laughs> uh, and so part of what um, allows them to do that is the ability to, to kind of anticipate when the engine's gonna fail. Predictive maintenance is one of these, the right. big use case. And one of the techniques that they uh, have, you know, long evangelized for doing that is what they call digital twin. It's basically kind of, um, IOT plus AI plus simulation, right? So you, you pull all of the sensor data off of your, your engine, you use it to create a set of models about the engine that you can use in a simulation environment to yeah. predict how different factors are gonna impact the performance of the engine. So in other words, there's more and more time goes by, there's more and more use cases coming up. And uh, for, for someone like me that just loves to kind of learn and understand and, and study, it's like you know, being a kid in the candy store. <laughs> there's so many ways that folks are applying this stuff. So if we were to peer out two years, mm -hmm. or, or I don't know, maybe five years, whatever the time frame is, uh, what do you see happening in the future, in the near future, when it comes to this area in, in terms of uses, use cases, adoption, and success in companies? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think, um, you know, I think that in five years we'll be kind of beyond this, you know, the stutter step point that I mentioned where, you know, enterprises have figured out how to do the one-off, mm -hmm. you know, machine learning project. and. Uh, they'll have the the platforms and processes in place to repeatedly put models into production. Um, you know, one of the observations that I've been making is that um, you know this it's a mistake to think of you know, machine learning and AI as like another technology, and I think it's more a um, kind of another wave or frontier in, in business, mm -hmm. right? So um, this other um, sequence that I have in, in the, the presentation I gave yesterday talks about how, you know, in the 80s and 90s, it was all about being process driven. It was like, you know, let's get our business processes out of managers and, and you know, line folks head and kind of document them, mm -hmm. right? And then we moved into this era in the 2000s that was all about being data driven. Hey, we've got these processes, you know, can we automate them? Can we instrument them and kind of pull some data and use that data to make, you know, help us make decisions. But mm -hmm. it's usually like, you know, let's create the TPS report every quarter and have somebody. <laughs> I love that some movie. <laughs> make some business <laughs> decisions based on these TPS reports, right? Mm -hmm. And so now we're, you know, shifting into this era of uh, being model-driven. Mm -hmm. And model-driven in this case refers to creating machine learning models that, you know, pull patterns and insights out of this data 
and puts it in a real production so that uh, you, you know, we've dramatically decreased the lag between kind of an insight and decisions mm. being made because the machines are making the, the decisions, right? Mm -hmm. Sometimes with our, with our help, with mm -hmm. people's help, um, but more and more of these decisions um, you know, will be seeded to kind of online systems that are making decisions at the point that they're required. Uh, and so I think, um, you know, this is, a, this is a new idea now, but in five years, this will be, I think, apparent to a lot of companies and they'll be very heavily invested in going down this path. And does that possibly then free up humans to, to leverage their empathy and allow machines to help them with the decision making? Uh, yeah, I think, uh, I think that's the, the idea. Um, but going back to Rob's presentation, uh, you know, there are interesting opportunities to allow the machines to exhibit some kind of empathy. Uh, and now I don't think of that, and I don't think he does either, in like some, you know, what we call AGI, artificial general intelligence, like, mm. you know, movie, sci-fi, right. AI, but more you know, kind of being explicit about these trade-offs and, um, you know, baking that kind of explicit knowledge or consideration of these trade-offs into the systems that we build around these models. And also he mentioned, and I kind of agree in some instances, some people lack empathy just in general. So, <laughs> <laughs> you know, sometimes maybe the machines will be more empathetic, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, you, you talked to him. I talked to him about this yesterday, and and you know he's very quick to say that, um, you know, they're out evangelizing, you know, to their customers to be more empathetic, right. uh, or at least to think about it as part of you know their customer experience mm -hmm. transformation, right? Um, but if the company is led by someone who is not empathetic, it's probably not going to work. Not going to be a really good ending there. But, but anyway, let's hope for the best. Yeah. <laughs> hey, uh, this has been real fun. Uh, tell Absolutely. people once again where they can uh, read and go and listen to the podcast and, and a little bit more about the event. Absolutely. So the podcast is available any place you might want to listen to podcasts. The best place to get started is twimlai.com. And if you're interested in learning more about our conference, that's twimmelcon.com. And twimmel is T-W-I-M-L. Awesome. Thanks. Awesome. Thank you. And that's it.